0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles And, and baseball podcast, Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on inside the ravine. How's it going, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me, as always, is my co host, Josh Schaefer. Josh, uh, a quick one today, but we wanted to talk about the series of the year, one of the more anticipated series of the Dodgers season through the first month. Uh, A lot more positives to probably talk about than negatives, but still an interesting series to say the least. How are we doing over there in beautiful Ontario?
0: Oh, it is just lovely out here today. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot uh, nicer of a day after the way the Dodgers won last night. Um, You know, I I think you're right. I think this is going to be a pretty quick episode with more positives than negatives, but it almost would not have been um, if it was not for for the Dodgers, you know, come back last night in San Diego. And to be quite honest with you, um, the game two of the weekend when they won on Saturday was – not their best work. Um, not what we had in mind, but it results in a win and the bullpen looked pretty good. And then you come into Sunday's game where the Dodgers just can't hit with runners in scoring position. You know, they're just not getting it done. They're like trying to chip away at that early Padres lead. And and finally, it all culminates in the game tying home run in the ninth and then just an explosion of runs in the 10th, which is Not totally what I expected, um, but um, I was getting ready to fire off a text like I can't believe they're this bad in extra innings again. But here we are uh, a day later and we're talking about a Dodgers come from behind win that I think completely changes the complexion of the series in San Diego.
1: Yeah, so although it was a quick three-game series, a lot to kind of dive into. So before we talk about the series, break it down, make sure you guys follow us on social media. Whatever app you guys use, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you guys can find us at Inside the Ravine. You can also listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app. And again, if you want to watch the show on YouTube, you can find us there as well. Again, make sure to follow us on social media because we post a a lot of great stuff over there. But Josh... I'm with you, because uh, the Dodgers, so they, they win the series 2-3, to three, have momentum, they're going to Milwaukee, but this is probably as bad of a series win as you probably can ask for, they lost on Friday, Saturday, they only scored two runs because of a Chris Taylor homer, but didn't look great, and yesterday threw eight and two-thirds, and they didn't look great as well, so yeah, we'll, we'll take the series win, but overall... I think my my big takeaway, though, from the series was that uh, I was a little bit disappointed in the Dodgers because, you know, we saw what happened in the NLDS last year. This was the first meeting between the two teams since that series. And, I thought overall the Dodgers they just looked flat. I mean, defensively they had some really really bad plays over those three days. Offensively they did nothing until the ninth inning of yesterday's game. The pitching, I guess, is the the lone takeaway is that the pitching for the most part did look pretty pretty solid. But yeah, for winning a se- uh, for winning a series overall. Um, you know, again, you take out what happened at the very end yesterday. I wasn't too encouraged, and I did send you that uh, that text right before, you know, all the offense happened. If you were to take the three games in this series and add on the three final games from the NLDS last year, the Dodgers were three for 46 with runners in scoring positions. So everything that went wrong from that NLDS, it kind of carried over to this weekend. But at the end of the day, they still managed to win two out of three, which you'll take. I mean, you'll take two out of three. It doesn't necessarily have to be pretty.
0: No, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and like I said, it, it completely changes the complexion of the series because this series went from the Dodgers, like the NLDS, like you said, not hitting with runners in scoring position, not getting their timely hits. Um, and, and the bullpen, at least up until this point, really not giving the team time to try to get back in the game, even though the offense had been so bad. They went on Saturday in, you know, kind of an ugly way because the bullpen shut the Padres down. And then you look at Sunday's game, and that completely changes the narrative. It's a team that sure wasn't great with runners in scoring position for nine innings, and then had timely hits, scored with runners in scoring position. The bullpen shut the door for as long as they did and gave the the bats time to wake up and score runs. And two innings for me completely changes the outlook of that series and look and, and my reflection on that series as a whole and you know what going into the series you know you and I each made predictions I said six of nine games upcoming are going to be Dodgers Padres I'll take the Dodgers to win two of three one series and the Padres to win two of three the next I said I'll take the Padres to win two of three in San Diego and then the opposite when the, the series is back in LA this upcoming weekend and and you stuck with it and said Dodgers have been hot and they'll win two out of three in San Diego and you know, back from the dead uh, on Sunday night, and they did.
1: Yeah, when I said two out of three, I was thinking it's probably going to be because the offense keeps us going from from the Philly series, not the fact that they would score two runs on Friday, two runs on Saturday, and then essentially one run through the first nine innings. But yeah, yesterday, they had one run through eight innings. Again, I think they were like 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. Had numerous chances, they just couldn't get the job done. Josh Hader comes in, he quickly records two outs, and I think you're probably thinking the same thing. Uh, This is going to be over fairly quickly, and Mookie Betts... Hits a home run, one of the biggest hits of the Dodgers, you know, this season, and things completely shift. They tie things up, go to the 10th inning, but Josh, even though Mookie Betts had that incredible home run, the second the Dodgers went into the 10th inning, I'm thinking, here we go again, something's going to (laughs) happen, how are they going to mess this up, and literally that's how it started out. The Dodgers, the first two batters got out, they did advance Will Smith to third base, and I'm thinking... Here we go again, and then here comes Michael Bush, who, in the eighth inning, had probably the worst at bat I've seen this season, where the dude just looked at pitches that were like 91-mile-an-hour fastballs right down the middle, quickly falls behind in the count, is able to work the count full, and then Josh, on a 3-2 count, Michael Bush comes through in the clutch, puts the Dodgers ahead, his biggest hit of his major league career. We live about, I think, maybe 10 to 15 miles away. I'm yeah. fairly certain, Josh, I heard you screaming when Michael Bush recorded that hit. I heard someone yell. Maybe it was just someone in my apartment, but I still think I heard your echo from about 15 miles away after that Michael Bush yeah. hit.
0: Yeah, I wasn't super positive at that moment. I was kind of sitting there. So here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I woke up in the morning and watched Manchester United, and uh, I'm a big Manchester United fan. I don't really talk about it too much on this show, but I probably did on our other podcast we've done, but... The Big Man United fan, I wake up in the morning, and what a waste of 90 minutes this game was. Total waste of my Sunday morning watching this team lose one nothing. It was embarrassing. I was negative the whole time. Like, they're not. Go. No, it's not going to happen. Lose to a bottom feeder team. So going into the Dodgers game and seeing how they could not score with runners in scoring position, I'm in the ninth inning just like, whatever. Like, who cares? And then when Mike came up in the tenth inning – with the game tied and a runner on third, I was I was in man. I was so dialed in. I even got a high five from my Dodgers hater and D backs fan girlfriend after that one. So um, I'll hold that over her for a while. She claims to not be a Dodgers fan, but we go to enough games um, with with my roommate that that kind of have kind of turned her a little bit. She won't admit it, but um, yeah, I'll put it out there. She gave me a high five after that one. Um, so really stoked for Mike. And another thing is. You look at the eighth inning and the three rookies that came up, Bush, Outman, Vargas, didn't get it done. Dodgers with runners in scoring position didn't come through. For me, that was this game's probably over. Like coming up in the ninth inning against Hayter, you're going to have what? Eight, nine, and one. Maybe Mookie will get a chance. And sure enough, he takes advantage of it. But coming into the 10th inning, it was all right. It's the same three rookies again. Like, what are you going to get right here? And sure enough, not only does Michael Bush come through, but then you get the insurance two-run bomb from James Outman. And it was nice for the, the two of them at least to bounce back and get a little bit of vindication after, you know, what happened in the eighth inning, which was the Dodgers once again with runners in scoring position not being able to come through.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michael Bush, again, having that at-bat after his previous at-bat was insane. The fact that he went the other way. And then, like you said, James Albin, who had been fairly quiet, I think, that entire series up to that point, hadn't really delivered. And he comes in and gives the Dodgers a very clutch two-run home run because... Although the Dodgers taking the lead with that Michael Bush hit was nice, like with the extra inning roll, usually they say a one-run lead isn't enough. It's not going to get the job done. So James Edmund coming through, given the Dodgers, that two-run home run was massive. The rookies, once again, coming through, delivering for the Dodgers. And yeah, it's the fact that, you know, we, we talked about Mookie delivering that amazing home run in the ninth. But I think the more impressive thing was just what the Dodgers did in the 10th inning. Because as we've talked about, they've been so bad with you know, this extra inning rule over the last couple years where for some reason they just can never bring in that go-ahead run. And Michael Bush, a guy that has 15 career plate appearances, he gets the job done for the Dodgers. And in in, in games past, Josh, this would have been a game where the Dodgers, Michael Bush, he delivers that run and that's all they get. It seems like they're never able to tack on, they're never, they're never able to get those extra runs where they'll score a run in the 10th But then in the bottom of the frame, the team will score two or three runs and win the game. So the fact that the Dodgers were able to get three runs in that inning, especially considering in the bottom of the 10th, I think it was Tatis, Machado, and Soto that had to come up for the Padres. Evan Phillips obviously shut things down. But, you know, we've had a couple of Dodger wins in the last couple of weeks where they've overcome, I think, a five-run deficit. I think they did it in Pittsburgh, I think, against the Phillies. Both those games were five-run deficits. But in my opinion, I think yesterday's win was just that much more impressive because the Dodgers were literally down to their final at bat they were down to their final guy in a series in which nothing has gone right they do that they accomplish that and then in the 10th inning which you can make the cases more impressive they added on they hit with runners in scoring position they tacked on a couple of runs and they shut things down so overall you know this was looking like a really forgetful series you know a really forgettable series where you'd want to just throw it out the window don't even bring it back don't even talk about it but instead the dodgers delivered in the clutch and Again, a huge series win against a team they're probably going to have to face uh, maybe in October once again. But uh, just, yeah, it it really is amazing, Josh, how that 15-minute span completely shifted how I was feeling on Sunday, but probably also shifted how the Dodgers are feeling headed into Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, and you know what? You know, we can talk endlessly about how important it is to hit with runners in scoring position and how the Dodgers against the Phillies, against the Cardinals were doing that, but before that weren't. And this series, up until the 10th inning, they weren't doing that. And really, against the Padres last year in the NLDS, I mean, that was, the biggest, that was the biggest difference between the two teams, right, is the Padres were creative to get runners in scoring position, and then they got their timely hits. The Dodgers were not creative, uh, didn't play any type of small ball, couldn't beat the shift, and then finally, when they did get some runners in scoring position, couldn't do that. And, again, that's how important these division, We I said last week how important the division games are now because there are fewer – And now you play everybody, right? Last year, you'd see the D-backs how many times throughout the season? This year, you've got two games left against the D-backs this season. You've already played them eight times. That's it. That's the season series. And in the past, they'd be more spread out. You'd get more games. Well, now look at this. I mean, it's like the NLDS. You get just a few hits with runners in scoring position, and the entire series changes. Game one, the Dodgers lose 5-2, to 0-7 with runners in scoring position. The Padres, not much better, 1-8. for They win the game. Right. They win the game by a couple of runs because of those hits with runners in scoring position. You come down into the second game, the Dodgers, 0 for four. The Padres, one for four. Or yeah, the, the Dodgers were O for four. Padres are one for four. Again, the Padres were not that much better than the Dodgers when it came to hitting with runners in scoring position. You come down to to Saturday's game, the extra inning win. The Padres were two for 10. Not great. The Dodgers were three for 13 with runners in scoring position. They got a ton of guys there and weren't getting them in. That just shows what we've been saying this entire time, which is obviously kind of a cliche, If you, but if you get your hits, even if it's a knock, one base hit with a runner in scoring position, that can completely change the outlook of the series and what the series was. And for the Dodgers, that's a difference between losing a series to a division rival and winning a series with a division rival. And it comes down to the Dodgers came through with runners in scoring position just barely after being awful all series, 0 for 21 or whatever it was at the time, 1 for 22 or something until – That 10th inning, but finally you get a chance and you finally come through. And that's just how slim it was. Just like how we said last year in the NLDS Dodgers get two more hits with runners in scoring position. They could win that series. They could win it in four games. Like that's how close it could be and how disappointing it is when the team doesn't get it done. And right here they do completely changes the series.
1: I think that's why it was also so frustrating, you know, building up on Sunday because, like you said, the Padres they weren't even playing well. Like, they were playing like crap, just like the Dodgers. It just happened to be. They, you know, had the one hit with runner in scoring position that kind of guided them to win. So, again, it, it, not a great series by both teams with the fact that the Dodgers, they come out on top. And like I said, the, the hitting was awful all series. The, the fielding was awful all series. But the bullpen, I mean, they, for the most part, lock things down all three games. I don't have what their numbers were for the three-game series, but... If I'm remembering correctly, I I want to say Kershaw allowed all the runs on Friday, Saturday. I think there was one run allowed that maybe I think Dustin may allowed or no. I think he tossed six scoreless, so maybe there was one run that was allowed. But and then yesterday, Julio allowed those two runs early on, but after that, the bullpen shut things down. So all of a sudden, over the last couple of weeks, the bullpen has looked fantastic. They're the reason, honestly, the Dodgers did win this series because you know we talked yeah. about it yesterday. Julio. Gets, I think, two runs on the board in the first inning. And after that, you know, he shuts things down. But the bullpen, they're able to hold things in check the rest of the way. And then on Saturday, I think again, Bruce Dark Ratterall may be allowed one run. But I think he had like a runner on I think Tatis was like on third with one out, but he was able to get out of the jam. Josh, I don't know if you saw this on Saturday, but I I was laughing over this. And that's the fact that Bruce Star Gratterall nearly blew the game on Saturday. I did mention I think Tatis was on third with one out. He was able to avoid the jam, but essentially Bruce Star almost allowed the Padres to tie the game, let alone take the lead. He gets the final out of the inning. He he then proceeds to do the I have ice in my veins move where he like points to his vein and he's like, I got the ice in my vein. I'm thinking, okay, maybe if you come and shut things down in the ninth in a one run game and you get out of it. Yeah. You have ice in your veins, but Bruzdar, you nearly, you nearly blew the game there. Let's maybe pump the brakes by saying you got ice in your vein. Now. Yes. By getting out of that inning with the lead. Okay. I will give you that, but bruised Stick to your normal celebration and save for, save the ice in your veins until you get a one two three inning because those have been few and far between so far this season. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought it was it was funny for seeing that celebration at that yeah, time.
0: It, it was definitely a little bit tense uh, in those moments too. So so I'm glad that he was able to get out of it obviously, but um, yeah, I, I I I wanted to see Kershaw do that in game one. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know why that thought popped into my head. Like in the first inning, he like had a strikeout and I was like, oh man, if he could just, that would be so great. Um, but, but obviously things did not go particularly well, uh, in in game one, uh, for Kershaw. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. That just popped into my head. Um, even before seeing, uh, seeing Bruce Dar do that in game two.
1: I I will say that's the kind of emotion I want to see. Like, let's keep it going. But, Maybe not when you nearly uh, blow the game for the Dodgers, but Josh, you kind of just teased what we're going to talk about when we come back from break. So in case you guys missed it, uh, whoever's working the Padres Jumbotron is an idiot. Why is that? We'll get to that after the quick break. All right, Josh, you kind of kind of teased it right before we, we talked about it, and that's the fact that Clayton Kershaw on Friday didn't have a great outing, which, of course, is because of us, because uh, hours before yeah. that start... Uh, go, we posted the, we posted the clip talking about how Clayton Kershaw has been the best pitcher in all of baseball. So naturally, he has his worst outing of the season. But the Dodgers lose that game. I think they lost it to Fernando Tatis Jr. because I think he pretty much provided all of the offense against the Dodgers. But Clayton Kershaw didn't have his best stuff. The Padres win, and uh, about 30 minutes later, a video surfaces on social media of the Padres jumbotron saying Padres win. But instead of just that, they added a little extra by throwing a photo of Clayton Kershaw and adding some tears to uh, Clayton Kershaw to make it seem like he's crying. So Josh, before I share my thoughts, I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on uh, what you really took away from seeing this on the Jumbotron after a regular season win in May.
0: I I mean, it was kind of interesting uh, to to say the least. I mean, the guys got like... an insane record and and numbers against the Padres in his, in his career. So um, I I thought that was interesting, Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't his best stuff. Of course, um, as it, as it kind of goes, Tatis just continues to be really good against Kershaw Um, two bombs, three RBIs scored two runs off the two home runs. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kershaw has a, 212 ERA in 46 games against the Padres, and how many wins like 28 wins in his career against the Padres? So, um, interesting, uh, interesting hill to climb there, but um, yeah, I mean, th- they got the win, so they got the best of Kershaw that game, but um, yeah, I mean, kind of interesting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think people are, you know, making this into a much bigger deal than it needs to be. I I think it was stupid. I mean, the fact that, like you said, Kershaw in his career has absolutely dominated the Padres. I mean, like a 2.12 VRA, I think you said, something like 20-something wins. I think I heard that this was like the first time he allowed more than three runs in a start against the Padres. So this is a guy that literally has dominated you throughout your entire, you know, existence, essentially. A guy that is one of the greatest to ever do it. A guy that I believe has more postseason wins in his career than the Padres have in their entire you know franchise history. And you finally beat him, and you throw that on the jumbotron and make it seem like he's crying. Now I'd have no issue if it was some random you know Dodger. Throw a palm tree up there. Throw some random player that's played with them over the last decade. Throw Michael Bush up there. Throw a photo of Michael Bush up there and having him crying like it is what it is, but I thought the fact that they did it with Clayton Kershaw again after a regular season win, this just go it goes on to show why so many people just don't take this seriously in regards to the Dodgers and Padres, because you have the Padres where yeah, they knocked out the Dodgers out of the postseason last last off se- or last year. Or so hats off to them. And the first time you face them, like that's what you come with. And it just goes to show, yeah, that this is why nobody's able to respect him. No one's able to take him seriously. Now, this could have been just whoever works the video, Jumbotron, being just a guy that wants to, you know, add on and add some fuel to the fire. And maybe he didn't get permission from everyone to do that. And Maybe people are upset him at him for doing that. But, you know, when Dave Roberts, Clayton Kershaw, they were asked about it, they pretty much said, like, yeah, uh... Okay, let them do whatever. Like, no, they could have easily said, yeah, we saw that we were upset, but they took the high ground. Kershaw even came out and said, if you don't like it, pitch better. So he took it like a champ, but yeah, just Padres, what are we doing here? Like, there are other ways that you could try to get an edge over the Dodgers, but by throwing a photo of Clayton Kershaw up there, just, I don't know. Not not a smart move, and the Dodgers obviously retaliate with two wins.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing for me is... I don't. I mean, I don't really care about it other than the fact that, like, it's the first meeting of the season between the two teams. And obviously, let, like, let's forget that it's Kershaw who's dominated that franchise throughout his entire career. Let's ignore that part. It's game one of the season series between those two teams, and it's May. Like, I feel like that's just bulletin board material, right? I mean, the fact that it's game one, I mean, I, I feel like... Come season's end, like – and I'd be feeling the same way if the Dodgers were to do something like this. Like, come season end, there's a chance that that looks really bad on you (laughs) if Clayton Kershaw comes back and has an an unreal season against the Padres and the Dodgers win the division or eliminate the Padres in the first round. Like, you know, I I just feel like that could be a bad look. And also, I do want to say, like – because I kind of have a pretty good idea of how these, like, graphics and things like that are made. I have to imagine – I have to imagine that they made two graphics, right? Because I feel like it would be – I feel like it's very weird if they were to make that kind of graphic for the scoreboard during the game. Like, I feel like they wouldn't do that. If they did, like, I guess power to them for for doing that real quickly. But I have to think they made a standard Padres win graphic and then a Padres win with the crying Kershaw going into the game so that they would have one of the two ready because there's no way – Like, what if Kershaw came out and threw seven no-hit innings, right? And then the Padres win on a walk-off home run to win one nothing. Like, would that be on the video board if Clayton Kershaw just went seven perfect innings, let's say, but his pitch count was super high and had, like, an unbelievable start, and then the Dodgers lose and Kershaw doesn't even get a decision? Like, is that still on the scoreboard? I would say no. Because if so, that would be very odd. So that's where my mind went after seeing that. I know that's a little more complex than what some people might think, but that's exactly where my mind went.
1: No, I thought about that too. Like, what if, yeah, he allowed two runs in seven innings and the Padres won three to two. Like, are you doing it still? Or is it because, yeah, he had his... Worst start of his career against the Padres, which still even wasn't a horrible, horrible start. I think he still struck out like eight guys, and his pitch count was high. I think he only went five innings, but, yeah, maybe after he was pulled, someone said, you know what would be a great idea? Let's pull this photo and uh, put some tears on him and uh, get everyone to laugh. So, yeah, I I just thought it was interesting, and I do love that Sportsnet LA, which I love and I hate— they on saturday after the win they posted their own graphic of the padres jumbotron saying dodgers win with clayton kershaw holding up his world series ring and that blew up and was fantastic and after about 30 minutes i don't know why they decided to take it down so at least we had that 30 minutes where they retaliated with that great graphic this is the part where i do wish the dodgers social media team would step up i mean we have seen i think we've talked about this josh so many times so many social media accounts out there in regards to Major League Baseball teams and just professional teams in general, they kill it. Like, they're fantastic. The Dodgers social media team, not the best. You know, they have their they have their times where they have some good posts, but for the most part, they kind of stayed out of potential drama and things like that. This would have been the Dodgers' time to just lay it all on the line with an amazing graphic and amazing post. They didn't. No sort of mention of it over the next couple of games, which I thought would have been great. And I guess it just goes to show the Dodgers are professional from top to bottom, but I would have loved to have seen it. But again, the fact that we saw it for 30 minutes from sports in L.A., uh, I'll take that. I'll take that as a win, but yeah, like you said, Josh. I didn't
0: Josh, see this. I just, I just went back and looked at it now.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good.
0: That's good. It is I don't know good. why they like took it. it down. I like it a lot.
1: The intern probably posted it, and someone probably came and said, what are we doing here? Because I think when I looked at it, it had like 150, 200 quote tweets in like 15 minutes. So it probably made its way over to Padres Twitter and they didn't like it. But I liked it overall. And like you said, Josh, it's just bulletin board material. The Dodgers, they won two games in a row after it. And at the end of the year, if they knock out the Padres or something like that, well, maybe the Dodgers get creative and put something on the Jumbotron as to as kind of a, hey, how about that? How do you like them apples? So maybe it is what it is, Maybe, but i thought it was funny but josh any uh any final takeaways from this Padres series before we wrap things up
0: uh no i mean i i think the dodgers just gotta kind of refocus this week and, and hopefully use that momentum from from these last couple of days to to get the bats going again and, and obviously the bullpen's been good so looking forward to this next brewer series and then the dodgers back at home again to play the Padres this upcoming weekend um so also um thinking of david bass um over the course of these next few days where he will um uh, where the Dodgers insider is going to uh, ru- have another run in potentially no. with that infamous slide um, in Milwaukee. So um thinking of him during this time and praying for strength.
1: Hopefully we don't have to have the entire game feed just focused on that because I get it went down the slide the wrong way, but can we, uh, oh, that was too much. There was too much on that. Like let's just have him go down it again, get his redemption arc and end it. I don't need three games yeah. of replays of a guy going down a slide, but hey, Josh, I do have some a great good news though. Today, though. Oh boy, there it is. I, I figured something was going to become a Josh. I do have great news before we wrap this up. Uh, after his incredible heroic performance yesterday, Michael Bush has earned himself a spot hitting seventh in today's lineup, and is going to be playing third base. So there you go. That's
0: what I'm talking about. I mean, that's what it's all about right there, right? Yeah. That's why we play ball.
1: Seventh today, Josh, but clean up by the end of the week. There you go.
0: That's (laughs) batting leadoff by the time the Dodgers and the Padres play again
1: yeah there you go in four days but that does wrap up today's episode of inside the ravine again as always make sure you guys find us on social media twitter instagram tiktok at inside the ravine you guys can watch our full shows on youtube as well just search inside the ravine you guys can listen to the full episodes wherever you guys get your podcasts we're on spotify we're on apple we're also on the odyssey app as always thank you guys so much for listening for josh Schaefer, this has been blake harris and we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day wherever you may be